0: So, welcome to episode one of The Correspondents. My name is Alastair Bavostock, and this is going to be a podcast series in which we talk to the world's best foreign correspondents around the world about the work that they're doing, the lives that they're living, and the stories which they are covering. And today, we're talking about Lake Chapala. Lake Chapala is a lake in Western Mexico, just about an hour south of Guadalajara, and it's home to Mexico's largest expat community around 15,000 expats live in the region and those are mostly American and Canadian retirees. Now I recently published a story for uh one of my outlets about a crime wave which is on the rise in Lake Chapala and it has caused something of a stir in the local community recently and that is something which we are going now to dive into. And my guests today are Bill Dahl. Bill Dahl is an investigative journalist, a columnist for Mexico News Daily, and the author of the definitive book on the topic called Lake Chapala Beneath the Surface. My second guest is Marcy Miller. She's a local journalist in Lake Chapala who lives there at the moment. And she's also from the Pacific Northwest. So both of you, thank you very much for joining me here this afternoon on this first episode of The Correspondence.
1: My pleasure.
0: Nice to be here. So, Marcia, I'd like to start with you and talk a bit about, obviously not to blow my own trumpet about this piece, but it is something which leads us into the story. My piece essentially said that Blake Chapala and the expat community is living through a crime wave, which they haven't previously lived through, and I understand that there's been a bit of a backlash from within the local community not specifically for the reason for the the content of the story but perhaps the fact alone that it has been published what do you think about that
2: yeah uh, there are there is an active uh, social media presence uh lakeside and social media really blew up after your story and uh, there were a lot of people who had had issues with some of the facts in it. They really tried to discredit the story uh, on factual errors and the fact that it was produced by a Chinese company. They said they they called it Chinese propaganda. Uh, There was just a a really negative feeling toward it. And I I really got the impression uh, that a lot of that uh, was uh, maybe people not wanting to be aware of the reality
0: here. That's a really interesting aspect, I think, because perhaps it is not to discredit the community at all, but people perhaps wanting to bury their heads in the sand over this sort of issue, because there is no doubt that crime is up in Lake Chapala. Of course, last week or earlier this week, we've seen a Canadian expat, a resident there, shot to death. Just outside of his own house, so there is no doubt that crime is on the rise in this region.
2: Yeah, that was actually last Friday. a Very sad occurrence. Yeah, a 78-year-old man um, taking a shortcut to his house. He was shot twice and just in broad daylight murdered. Yeah.
0: And you obviously live in Lake Chapala. Is it's the impression I got when I was reporting the story is that the crime is not immediately obvious as it might be in other parts of Mexico. It's perhaps something which is more insidious, more beneath the surface?
2: Uh, Well, it it can be difficult to get uh, accurate information on crime. So, you know, when you're dealing with word of mouth, of course, uh, things get blown out of proportion. They get overreported, underreported, depending on really whose agenda, the agenda of who's reporting it.
0: Bill, can I come over to you? You obviously saw my story, and you are an absolute expert when it comes to this this topic, you've spent a lot of time researching it. What was your reaction to uh, to my own story?
1: Well, I know that your particular piece on robberies on the rise in Lake Chapala would be, uh, there would be a groundswell of backlash toward that. We have to understand that in Mexico as a country, Mexico ranks very near the bottom in transparency issues as it relates to most any happening in society. And journalists, uh, the, the backlash against journalists, including physical violence and murder, is also a reality in Mexico. I thought your piece was well done and was accurate and but I also knew that the entrenched interests in Lake Chapala or Lakeside would absolutely erupt over your reporting.
0: Of course there has been local reaction to my piece but it is something yes that I I do stand by it and I do say that crime is on the rise in Lake Chapala and it wasn't my own reporting it was people who are around there test giving me testimony and telling me about the things that have, hap- have happened to them And certainly I would say that in my reporting, as I went round and not only had interviews with the people there and vox popped a lot of the the expats in the street, it does seem, and I'd be interested to see if this is the case with you, Marcy, as well, that a lot of people I spoke to, if they haven't suffered crime themselves, certainly know of people in the region who have
2: Well, yeah, Yeah, I would say that's true. But, you know, as a journalist, I'm a little leery of relying on anecdotal evidence, um, because it does tend to be the most sensational evidence. And uh, before this conversation, I tried to find statistics online that would give me a realistic idea of the the crime. and, And and Bill's shaking his head because they're very, very difficult to find. So I don't don't know how you do get a, a really accurate bead on on how how dangerous it is or if there's a rise or exactly what's going on.
1: Yeah, once again, it's the transparency issue uh, in Mexico, and even the most recent murder that took place of the 78-year-old Canadian gentleman. And by the way, our most sincere condolences to that gentleman's family, friends, and and uh, counterparts. Uh, this is a tragedy. And uh, I also uncovered in my reporting, recently it's been revealed that Of course, Chapala and Guadalajara uh, reside in the state of Jalisco in Mexico. It was recently documented that the crime statistics reported by Jalisco from 2015 through 2018 were falsified, okay? And they believe via an audit, That only 70% of the actual crimes in the state of Jalisco were properly reported to the Mexican federal authorities.
0: I could certainly agree with that it's something that Mexico is certainly not famous for reporting uh, statistics upon which they can be relied and very often the Mexican government statistics are are compared with non-governmental organizations who dedicate themselves to exactly tackling that sort of crime and publishing their own statistics. And you can often see vast gaps when it comes to that sort of thing. And one thing I was also very interested by is that, and I'd be interested to hear your opinion on this, Marcy, is when we were down there, we had an interview with the local police chief. And he says, we have up to 60,000 people here at a time during the high season we are eighty police officers, so that must surely have an impact
2: yeah I, I noticed that statistics i was I was kind of struck by that too. I thought wow they they really are overwhelmed, and I think uh, that's really the big issue down here is that regardless of whether crime is on the rise right now, there's so much more so many more expats here. I mean the influx of foreigners is just overtaxed the system entirely, and that is just inevitably going to lead to more crime just by, you know, law of averages. And I think that's the tsunami that people really have to be paying attention to.
0: Absolutely. There is a large influx of expats. And on a personal note, um, Marcy, I'd like to know exactly what it was that led you to choose to move to Lake Chapala. Well, uh,
2: I moved to Mexico six or last June, and I I knew about Lake Chapala. I actually used to work for a, a magazine which promoted this area heavily, which I won't name, and I did not want to move to this area. I wanted to live in Guadalajara, much more vibrant, even though it's also dangerous, much more vibrant, youthful city, but I could not find housing there that was affordable, um, So and they are not very amenable to foreigners renting houses in Guadalajara, but I came to Lakeside, found a beautiful house in two days, beautiful house, garden, um, they're, you know, very, very expat friendly here as far as uh, realtors and, and renting and selling property, so um, that's why I ended up here. I, I didn't plan on living in an expat community.
0: Sure. But I think that's one of the things about Lake Chapala is because the lake there is so polluted, because that's another thing I've covered uh, during a recent story, that local children in in the indigenous communities on the east side of the lake are having a lot of kidney problems due to the mercury contamination in the lake. Uh, Basically, the Rio Lerma, the Lerma River, is so contaminated and it ends up in Chapala Lake. And that is something which, because the fishing industry has all been but destroyed That leads local communities to depend, to turn expats into a local business. Is that that something that, Bill, you'd agree with?
1: Well, that is very well documented. The studies from public health and um, other physical uh, sciences documenting the Not only the chronic kidney disease with indigenous populations, but since the publication of the book, there are people who have had to leave Lake Chapala after a few days, after a few months, after a year, because they have toxin sensitivities that won't allow them to live in the area. And there's a process known as aerosolization, whereby the water from the lake, of course, evaporates. And through wind and precipitation, the the toxins in that water are spread to the local population. And uh, of course, our skin, as human beings, is absorbs more than our intestinal tract does. So there are people with sensitivities that just can't tolerate the toxins in the
0: air in that area. So, when it, is that something that you could that you'd agree with, Marcy?
2: Um, I don't know. Again, as a journalist, I'd want to see the actual statistics on that. Um, there was a discussion on Facebook just the other day about someone who was uh, who had a lot of illnesses when he first got here, a lot of respiratory problems, and people were saying, well, it's the altitude, it's the pollen, it's the mold. Um, you know, I think without definitive scientific testing, it, it would be difficult individually to say what those issues are. Um,
0: it's certainly something to keep an eye on for sure and another issue I'd like to look at as well is just how when it comes to this expat community we're seeing I think rises in the number of American retirees and Canadian retirees be it due to the weather, obviously you two both come from the Pacific Northwest where it does get chilly in the winter and that snowbird phenomenon but we are seeing more and more snowbirds whether that is due to uh, global warming and it becoming colder was it's due to a greater desire, a greater trend in people moving down. Is that something that you've seen, Bill, when it comes to people moving away? You can see larger trends.
1: Yes, that's that's something I researched extensively, and there's an entire chapter plus in my book about it. Um, the current statistics. In the U.S., our estimates are that about 10,000 baby boomers, that's folks born between 1946 and 1964, are retiring each day between now and 2030. I'm not suggesting that 10,000 people a day from the U.S. are moving to Mexico. But certainly because of the absence of health care, affordable health care in the U.S., the desire for a better climate and the necessity to lower cost of living, particularly housing, that I call it in the book an exodus or I came up with a term called the Mexodus, there are so many people moving from Canada and the U.S. to Mexico that it is really a recent social phenomenon and every indication is is that inertia will continue.
2: Yeah, well, I I agree that it is because of the baby boomers. And I I think in general, uh, we, and I'm one as well, are a more hedonistic generation. You know, I I think we want to live the good life. Um, I am not yet retired, actually. I'm only 60. Um, So I am uh, working online here. Um, but I would like to be able to stay here on into retirement. Um, I think we're we're a much more mobile, flexible, open-minded generation.
0: Absolutely. And obviously, you mentioned something very interesting a while back, uh, about five minutes ago, that you said when you moved to Guadalajara, there was a magazine which was very promoting of Lake Chapala. Obviously, you don't want to name it. I'm sure Bill might have an idea or two about what publication that might be. But could you expand a bit more on exactly what sort of content this magazine was, was, was sharing with you?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, they flat out told me, um, we are selling the dream. We don't want to publish any negative information. We are strictly selling the dream of retirement in paradise. Um, Because I I came on board as a journalist, and I'm like, well, shouldn't we tell them both sides of the story? And they're like, no. (laughs) And that's why I'm not saying who it was. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was their stick, and I never figured it out exactly. But I think they're also involved in in real estate in Latin America.
0: Right. Okay. So, so it's a bit of a propaganda operation in that case. So, can I ask in that case, when from in comparison to the content that they were publishing, how different is the reality of life in Lake Chapala?
2: Well, very different. Um, you know, I mean, it, it it is a great place in a lot of ways. I love the weather here. I've been at Lake Chapala, actually, east of Chapala, close to uh, Mescal. Uh, that's uh, for since November. Um, you know, the weather's great. It is great. Um, it's beautiful countryside, but there is uh, the internet here sucks <laughs> so it's really bad <laughs> um the traffic congestion is really awful the the roads are bad uh, i don't even go into ajijic if i can help it frankly um i i don't like those tiny narrow roads the cobblestone streets and the sidewalks it's just impossible so the congestion really from the expats is is a big problem here
1: so i would say to go back to your initial question Alistair, uh, about the 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 narrative on as as my colleague indicated, the the industry that it, a step, very well established industry that you have to understand a couple things, as outlined in my book, that. Retirement is big business. Tourism in Mexico is huge business.
0: Tourism in Mexico is the third largest industry. It's the third largest boost to the economy. The second one is Mexicans sending money from abroad back to Mexico.
1: Right, remittances. But tourism as a percentage of GDP, not just GDP, but as a source of foreign exchange, is vitally critical to Mexico as a nation. Uh, let's be honest. There are some entrenched interests who have conflicts about supporting the revelation of the the beneath-the-surface story that they are adamantly opposed to. And those are people who are in the business of selling real estate and typically people who own real estate that don't want to see the valuations decline. But this is big Business And I, too, have experienced the same thing in in my reporting that there are publications that are just absolutely allergic to will not adamantly will not print the truth of the other side of the
0: story. And Is that one- something you'd agree with, Marcy?
2: Oh, def- definitely. I mean, but that that's their niche, you know, and people who read those kind of magazines need to understand that. These are not, they're not newspapers. They're not telling both sides of the story. It's, as I said, it's their job to sell the dream, which usually involves real estate.
0: <laughs> right. Well, in that case, the elephant in the room, the big question in that case, and I'd like to start with you, Marcy, when it comes to responding to this, is if you have these two worlds, you have the propaganda, the PR of Chapala and this Ahihik trying to get these people coming down, and then the reality of, like you say, bad roads, not wanting to go into Ahihik, not wanting to get more involved in the community, and therefore also perhaps, according to my own reporting, a possible crime wave and an increase in crime. How much is this big business, how much influence or interest is there in them getting involved in stopping this sort of crime and perhaps improving infrastructure?
2: Well, I would I would say that's a very tricky balance for them. Um, I, I don't know that there is a lot of uh, interest on their part in getting involved in, in preventing crime and improving things that way, because they just would prefer to keep their head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist, and that's not really their problem. But that must, of course,
0: be bad for their own business, because there must come a point when, like, you know, when big things like the murder of this Canadian occur, this is going to, you know, people who are moving to the area are going to find out about this sort of stuff.
2: Well, the 24-hour news cycle—you know—by by next week that'll be old news, and, and in two months nobody will even remember it. Um, but the PR keeps on coming. They are—they vastly outnumber the the real information that people have access to. Uh,
1: well, as uh, once again, I hate to repeat this, but as documented in my book, and uh, I would completely agree with Marcy that that the Infrastructure is over capacity right now. And what do I mean by that? Specifically, I mean, traffic between Chapala and Ajijic or Yokotepec is, especially Friday through Sunday, is you can sit out there for hours. And these are two-lane cobblestone streets for the most part. The other thing is the wastewater treatment plants are discharge untreated sewage into the lake, untreated runoff storm water into the lake, and it is problematic. There are also on the electric grid in the lakeside area, I have written correspondence from local ger- or local residents that say they have brownouts and their power goes out for a couple days at a time. So the the nature of overcapacity infrastructure is absolutely multidimensional.
0: Goodness. So in that case, the one question I'd like to ask you, Bill, to start is perhaps. In that case, if the situation compared to what expats are used to back at home, where they will find better infrastructure and that sort of thing, do you think perhaps that a lot of people move down to Mexico, move down to places like Ajijic, knowing this sort of thing is going to occur, but they think, well, perhaps it might just be a better trade-off because while here I might, you know, the, the crime might be worse, infrastructure might be poor and I might uh, expose myself possibly to uh, difficult criminal situations but I will still take that as a trade-off compared to expensive health care higher costs of living and bad weather back where I'm originally from
1: certainly that evaluation process is anyone who's going to move to any other country from their country of origin has to go through that evaluation process. But you have to understand that culturally, even though Mexico is adjacent to the U.S. and Canada and close proximity, that the the cultural differences are dramatic. Unfortunately, as both Marcy and I have spoken toward in this interview, the other side of the story is not well told. The public is not aware of it. And that's why uh, uh, media attention to this reality, is so important because people really need full disclosure to have the questions, the concerns, and the ability to manage risk when they go to uh, uh, Central or South Central Mexico, the state of Jalisco, and consider retirement.
2: Well, frankly, I, I don't feel more exposed to crime here. I I feel safer here. I mean, America is has gotten so dangerous. I do not feel like I'm going to get shot when I'm walking down the street here. It's much rarer here. We can't say it. it never happens now. Um but I think, you know, Buying into that dream is a very powerful force. When you're sitting in Canada or Seattle, and it's drizzly or snowing, and and you're looking at those pictures that people are sending back that I send back of Lake Chapala, and you're in your shorts. And, you know, that that is a very powerful drug. And it is it is hard to resist. So it's a great answer. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's really more a matter of, of buyer beware. I do think people need to be more informed. I don't think they do people a service by, by trying to sugarcoat it. Uh, but, that should be, Go ahead.
1: But it, what you just said is terribly important because it's a perception that people from abroad are making being in your shorts, looking out on a lake nice weather but there there is distinctly more to that proposition and that's why it's important that media coverage of all the elements of that reality comes forth
2: right
0: I agree yeah so I suppose in that case If if more and more people begin to report media coverage on this, that is something which, while people become more aware, it puts more pressure on the authorities to actually sort the situation out. Would you agree with that, Marcy?
2: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, because uh, now people are saying, well, they're just isolated incidents, it's not really a trend. Um, But I don't know how much more the police here can do when they are so outnumbered. So there is that, too. I mean, that, that's putting pressure, what, all the way up to the Mexican government? Good luck with that.
1: <laughs> well, I would also add that, as we all know, Mexico has a new president, President Andres Manuel uh, uh, López Obrador, also known as AMLO. As part of his platform that got him elected, he had a huge platform that he referred to as Natur, N-A-T-U-R-A-M-L-O, Naturamlo. And that platform, he absolutely said it was imperative to clean up the environment in Mexico. Lake Ch- the Lake Chapala Basin is, as I say in my book, is n- not only a national treasure; it's an international treasure. And I urge federal intervention in the Lake Chapala Basin to do not. We have a term. If you think of the the phrase "clean up." the environment, and you go with the first letters, it spells cute, C-U-T-E. And aren't we tired of cute phrases from politicians? We have to move from cute to the cure for this. Lip service is not going to cut it anymore in the Lake Chapala Basin. The, with the influx of people overstressing infrastructure, it's time for AMLO to intervene and declare the Lake Chapala Basin as a natural AMLO site for intervention and rehabilitation. It's going to require investment by the Mexican federal government.
2: Well, the uh, problem I can think of that comes to mind with that is that first they have to admit that there's a problem. And that kind of counteracts the PR that they've been the PR juggernaut about like Chapala, you know, to for the government to publicly come out and say, yes, there's a problem here. We need to clean it up. That really opens a can of worms, um, but I, I feel like you know the the population at Lake Chapala will maybe it'll just reach a natural tipping point. I mean, the expats are not rooted to this location like like the local people who have lived here for seven hundred thousand or thousand years. We can always go someplace else. You know, where's the next Lake Chapala? Where's the next? Where audience? is the
0: next Lake Chapala? it I'm,
2: I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm looking for it now
0: (laughs) sure so just to in that case to begin wrapping up i'm getting the impression here from talking to the two of you that i could say marcy yes you would recommend that expats move down to chapala perhaps despite the problems and that bill you perhaps might not let's start with marcy
2: I think it would be good if no more people moved here. Um there is already construction in progress. I, I know there there are efforts to halt any more, uh but there is talk of building a like a city of twenty thousand people out east of Chapala, which is just crazy. I hope that doesn't happen. Um uh, I think everybody that moves to a place doesn't want anyone else to come, you know. <laughs> it's like as soon as they are there, it's enough.
0: <laughs> We're so seeing I, that in I, international I, political trends as well, I think.
2: Yes. Yes. You know, so it seems a little unfair to say that close the gate after you've come. Um, But I I think there needs to be a lot more attention paid to um, the way it is developed here. It just cannot go on helter skelter as it has been.
0: And Bill, how do you see the future for Lake Chapala?
1: Well, I I think currently... The entire, you have to understand that this is basically a couple of small villages on the north shore of the lake where uh, expats since the 40s have discovered this nirvana in these small villages. Unfortunately, with the massive influx of people, that infrastructure is, is way over capacity and it just can't take the influx of people that huh? are coming to that area. So I think it requires, I would not, after 28 months of research, Um, My wife and I have concluded Lake Chapala, the Lake Chapala area is not for us. And that includes four weeks on the ground in the Guadalajara and uh, Chapala area investigating uh, the same. So um, no, I would not relocate to Lake Chapala at this time and I think it's just diabolically important to get the reality of this new narrative that we're discussing out for public awareness.
0: Well, I think that's certainly what here, with the first episode of The Correspondence podcast, it's exactly what we here are trying to do, all three of us. So Marcy Miller, Journalist based in Lake Chapala, and Bill Dahl, an investigative journalist who is the author of the book Lake Chapala: Beneath the Surface. Thank you both very much for joining me here.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
1: My pleasure.